Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you all are having an absolutely fantastic day today. And there's, I'll be on the Hagman Show tonight, by the way. If you guys want to check that out, always a great show with Doug. And the first thing that I wanted to report on here is we're starting to see now i saw this a couple days ago i didn't get a chance to put uh, talk about it yet reveres is now updated and they were showing as of wednesday that there were 12,000 now 12,313 reported deaths from the covid injection now what's interesting about this is if you look back just i think a week ago we were at like 9100 right around there, week, week and a half ago. And so even with, in my opinion, the heavy manipulation with these numbers, because they've been dropping numbers off. There's been reports of that repeatedly where people have screenshot numbers, and then all of a sudden, a week later, the numbers are lower than they were when they were screenshot. And so what it appears is they're on a full-blown propaganda campaign to try to push the numbers back down. The problem is with the self-reporting, and family reporting with the VAR system, a lot of people are reporting stuff, and so the CDC is having to go in and actively try to manipulate it. But what's ironic about this now is, I mean, just from December, from what they're allowing to be posted, over 12,000 deaths related to the shot. And this by far, if you guys know, is the largest amount of vaccine deaths ever related to a vaccine in U.S. history even all of the shots combined over the last 60 years have not had this level of death, especially at this short of a time frame. And so you have to start asking yourself, what in the world is going on and why is the propaganda still being pushed so hard? Well, it's a very easy answer. They're trying to not only get people injected with this compound, whatever it's doing with the nanotechnology, with the graphene oxide, you name it. We're still just figuring it out now. What we've also seen now is this is a psychological push to not only demonize anybody that questions the narrative, but to also make people believe through lies and rhetoric that they do not have a right to their own body, that if the – big bad federal government says hey you have to be injected people go oh yes yes master you can you can inject me with whatever you want let me pull my sleeve up you take that needle and inject it right into my body because well you own me you know best for me and i'm going to listen to everything you say that's the mindset and the concept that they're trying to imply onto the general population i saw a article yesterday and this is a full-blown propaganda piece. I mean, 100% some of the most aggressive propaganda I've ever seen since the beginning of last summer. And it was from the New Yorker. And this was the title of it. The Delta variant is in grave danger to the unvaccinated. Only one half of America is protected and the others approaching a perilous moment in this pandemic. And it goes on to talk about how the Delta variant is 60% more transferable than the original one. And it's almost three times more lethal. And that you double your risk of every person being hospitalized if they get infected with it. Now, first off, this is complete and totally unsubstantiated. There is absolutely zero evidence to show this whatsoever. And I told you guys last fall, I said, watch and see. 
this before India, before England, before they had the Delta variant term. I said, you watch and see when they start injecting everybody with this shot at the end of the year, we're going to see some type of mutated virus allegedly floating around. And that's exactly what we have seen now. And so when I saw this article, I'm not even going to read the rest of it because it, it's so asinine and complete and total propaganda fear porn it's nauseated me actually i'm gonna throw it in the trash right now just because i don't even want to look at the article anymore i printed it off simply to bring it to light on what we are seeing now with this hardcore it's a vaccinated or unvaccinated movement now again remember the concept divide and conquer you constantly break the groups into two. You have the Democrats, you have the Republicans. You have the liberals, you have the conservatives. You have the blacks and the whites and also the Hispanics and the Asians. You break them up into subcategories. You have pro-gun, you have anti-gun. They do this consistently to only give people two options. That way they can fit you into their box. That way you have to follow whatever model because it's been predetermined each side what they're going to do. They know what this side's going to do. They know what that side's going to do, and you can only choose each side. So now they've done one that's even more aggressive than we've pretty much ever seen. Now it's the people that have chosen to be inoculated with gene therapy and the ones that have decided that, hey, it's your body, your choice, right? Like they like to rant and rave about all the time, and I don't want to be injected with this. And so this is the propaganda that's going on right now. And I've said this repeatedly. I don't understand the people that have bought into the lie, how they can rationalize the concept of demanding that people get inoculated with this injection because Pfizer blatantly said the shot does not protect you from getting it and it does not protect you from spreading it. The only thing it does allegedly is lower your symptoms if you catch it. That is not the definition of a vaccine or an immunization. That doesn't even fall in the category of that. That falls in the category of a treatment. You are taking a gene therapy drug to reduce your symptoms from an infection. That is not the concept of immunizations ever. So understand what they're doing here with the fear porn and understand why it's so important to focus on the truth to focus on Jesus and to focus on what's really going on and not allow all this clutter and this garbage and the CNN and New Yorker propaganda to cloud your judgment because it is all designed to train the way you think and change the direction that your life is heading by simply altering your ideas, your mindset, and your outlook of what's really happening, Deb. What do you think? I think that was one of the best introductions you've ever done. <laughs> I think that was <laughs> really you. good. I really enjoyed that. Now, I'm taking notes back here. Delta <laughs> variant you. propaganda, bioweapon is the spike protein, divide and conquer, models of division have been beta tested, lines are drawn, vaccinated versus the unvaccinated, the resistance begins. Kind of sums up. I mean, it's where we are right now, isn't it? And now we've got all these people that are having all these horrible, horrible side effects from the spike proteins. But yet, you know, Governor DeSantis is coming in and saying the, the vaccines work. I mean, it's a problem. It's a real problem with DeSantis. I'm not sure what to do with this guy. Ron DeSantis, Breitbart, coronavirus vaccines are saving lives and reducing mortality. I mean, what is he reading? I don't know. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said Wednesday the coronaviruses are saving vaccines, are saving lives and reducing mortality amid a nationwide push that Americans get vaccinated, saying if you are vaccinated, your chances of becoming seriously ill are zero. It's not even true. I mean, where, where, where's he coming up with these? Where's he coming up with this stuff? Are these bullet points he's being told to read? 
Speaking on the effectiveness of the coronavirus vaccine, the census pointed to mortality rates of the elderly in the nursing homes since the vaccine was introduced. Mortality in nursing homes since we rolled west because all the old people are already dead for this thing. I, hate to, I know that sounded flippant. I didn't mean it that way. I like old people, all right? But, you know, it's, it's sad that so many of them died in nursing homes. But the mortality in nursing homes since we rolled out the vaccines is down over 95% because all the ones that were already sick and dying with more comorbidities are gone. The mortality for the elderly people since we rolled out the vaccines is down nearly 90%. So we're proud in Florida. We put our seniors first on that because they are the most vulnerable. We have an, 85% of our seniors that are now vaccinated. I guess that's because they're being put into nursing homes and being forced to take the vaccines. And, you know, and on top of that, Ben and Jerry's decided they're a Unilever company. They decided that they were not going to continue to support Israel, allow their ice cream to be sold in Israel, which is kind of like negligible as far as their market share. But Florida Governor DeSantis now blacklisting Ben and Jerry and Unilever for protesting Israel's occupation of Gaza. Wait, what? Yeah, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is placing Ben and Jerry's on an official government blacklist. Because the ice cream company is removing its product from Israel in protest its occupation of the Palestinian territory. The state's move following a public call issued by Israel's ambassador to the U.S. asking 35 states with anti-BDS boycott, divestiture, and sanctions laws to take action against Ben and Jerry. So we have Israel calling people in 35 states to boycott Ben and Jerry's. DeSantis is standing against free speech and free market by using the power of the state to blacklist a private company. Choosing to do business the way it wants. A leaked internal memo from the Anti-Defamation League in 2018 reveals a pro-Israel lobby group thought that the anti-BDS laws were unconstitutional and would ultimately be harmful to the Jewish community. This case has massive implications for civil liberties in America going forward. DeSantis privately banned criticism of Israel or Jewish people in public schools and colleges. So DeSantis, to me, has become a strange oddity that I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And what this reminds me of, and I hate to say this, is Donald Trump during the campaign for president the first time. He says all of this stuff, does all of this stuff, and then turns right back around and does other things that aren't good. And yet we still promoted him and supported him. I know we did on this show. I'm not going to sit here and say that I didn't because we did. We did a massive pro-Trump push back in 2016. And we really, really, I feel as though helped push the election, especially here in Florida, throughout the United States for Donald Trump in 2016 against Hillary Clinton because of the Bramovich, the Kabbalist, who was doing soul cooking and drinking human body fluids and blood and having all this stuff was going on with Podesta and all these weirdos involved in the satanic ritual stuff that we talked about in depth yesterday. And suddenly, you know, Donald Trump goes into the White House and suddenly he installs his Kabbalist daughter and installs his Kabbalist son-in-law right in the main seats in the White House and, and basically starts putting all the Goldman Sachs people in and all of the J.P. Morgan people into positions of power that are all Rothschild-baking CFR members that basically decided they wanted to rule the country and tell the United States what to do from a central bank standpoint. So I like Ron DeSantis at this point. I really do. But And, I, and, I, and I've got to give him – got to give one benefit of the doubt here. He may be a Christian, which is, he claims to be. That has been trained in Zionism to believe that everything that Israel does is okay. He might be that guy, and he may also be pandering to the Israeli groups in order to become president of the United States because he knows how powerful APAC is, and he knows how powerful 
the ADL is. And he knows how many Christian Zionists support Israel. So he may be doing all of this just to become elected president of the United States. I don't know. But, you know, we'll find out if he gets in real quick. By the way, Franklin Graham, Marsha Blackburn is absolutely right. The war is between Judeo-Christian values and Marxism. And I got to stop there for a second. I'm going to read you this part of this, and then we're going to have to discuss this article. Reverend, this is from Breitbart. Reverend Franklin Graham on Thursday praised Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican out of Tennessee, for remarks she made during an exclusive interview with Breitbart News, where she framed the culture war in the United States as a fight between Judeo-Christian values and Marxism. That Graham said is absolutely right. Graham shared Breitbart News exclusive interview, long-form video exclusive, part of on the Hill series on his Facebook page on Thursday morning. The U.S. Senator Marsha Blackburn said that this isn't just a cultural war. It's a war between Judeo-Christian values and Marxism, which the Democratic Party is pushing, he began. She is absolutely right. I applaud her for calling it what it is and working to persevere, as she put it, our American values of faith, family, freedom. May God bless her, he exclaimed. It is so important that we pray for our leaders and let Senator Blackburn know you appreciate her. Stand in the comments below. Now, again, I've got to go back to the fact that I'm going to tell you guys something. This is so important that you guys get this. I used to use the term Judeo-Christian all the time. Twenty years ago, I was a Zionist. Just kind of news, news newsflash, I was. You know, when Benjamin Netanyahu sat across the lunch table from me, there were like eight of us there that day, and he started talking about how all the trunk lines and all the data sources and everything runs through Israel – on back doors and all the computer systems that they have as far as the entire world internet's data information. I thought, whatever, who cares? You know, it's Israel. They're our ally, whatever, you know, they're basically God's chosen people. I mean, I'm thinking all this now. I'm not, I don't think that anymore. You guys know that. All right. I didn't know it was the number one homosexual destination in the world. I wasn't familiar with what was going on with central banks 20, 30 years ago. I didn't care. I'm to be honest with you. I didn't care. And then I started doing more and more research. With more and more research, I started beginning to realize that the Costa Nostra, the Jewish mafia, is based out of Tel Aviv. And this is where they handle all the drugs coming out of Afghanistan and all the money going into all of the central banks and all of these places where they run the black operations. And then I started to realize that they were directly involved with the slinging of the drugs out of Southeast Asia. They were directly involved, is my opinion and a lot of other people's opinions, with the assassination of John F. Kennedy because he didn't want them to have nuclear weapons. And I began to realize that there were a lot of other things going on with Zionism. And I started digging into this stuff. I mean, I, I dug in deeper than a tick on a hound dog. Finally, I started realizing, I think, wait a minute. How can there be such a thing as Judeo-Christian values? You know, the Jews were the ones, the Kabbalists, they were primarily Jews and Kabbalists in Russia that basically formed and caused the Soviet revolution and the overthrow of Tsar Nicholas and the institution of communism in Russia and in China. And so we know the Kabbalah is diametrically opposed to Christianity, as is the Talmud, as is the Zohar. So and we also know that basically Christianity was a rejection of Judaism when you really study the text. And you now realize that Jesus called these guys out as being the synagogue of Satan in the book of John. So how can Judeo-Christianity exist if the Jewish folks who are working with the Russian Revolution and the implementation and Stalin and all the rest of this stuff are anti-God, anti-Christian, anti-everything. Isn't Judeo-Christianity the term an oxymoron? 
just thought I'd mention this to everybody today. I'm asking you guys that question, isn't it? And so when Franklin Graham and Marshall Blackburn is absolutely right in the wars between Judeo-Christian values and Marxism, I'm going to rephrase that. Here's my, here's my quote on that. The wars between Christian values, Jesus, and the communist Kabbalists that have taken over Russia and China and who control all of the central banks globally, except for a few countries like Syria and Iran and North Korea, it's the communist Kabbalist Luciferian synagogue of Satan versus Christianity versus Jesus. That's where the war really is. In my opinion, don't you think it is? I'm asking you guys a question, isn't it? So why in the world do these leaders, are they just brainwashed like I was 20 years ago? Have they been promoting this information for so long they don't want to look at the other side of it? I've got a good friend of mine, and you know he's a talk show host, and he basically cannot see the truth. And he's a good friend. I mean good friend. There's not much I wouldn't do for him if I could. But I try to show him this, but he's so brainwashed because of Zionism and being taught from the pulpit that you have to support Israel no matter what. You know, when God was talking about, you know, supporting Abraham in the Old Testament, you know, we're talking about a different Israel than we have today. We're talking about an Israel that was basically, you know, promoting the Torah in some cases, but in the vast majority of these different tribes, they were sacrificing the Baal and the Moloch and Asherah, which got God so mad that he finally scattered them. Now, the formation of the new country of Israel is a Rothschild empire for the Costa Nostra, for them to go and hide in the event that they want to be extradited from a country. In fact, if the whole world decides to go after them, they can't come after them. And so we have to understand what this is and who did all this. And so to me, when people are told that they're cursed, if they don't promote everything and say that everything that Israel does is good, uh, that's wrong. Now, if Israel does something right, I have no problem with promoting them. I really don't. I mean, I really like the fact that you know Ben & Jerry, which is a Unilever company, has decided to yoke their ice cream because of Gaza. But it doesn't make any sense to me. Does it, and how does it make sense to you guys? Because BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard own Unilever. You know, let's, let's go a little deeper here. And so the bloodline families and the Rothschild banking cartels own Unilever. So why would Unilever come in now and try to boycott you know, Israel and say, we're not going to give you ice cream? And why would Ron DeSantis come in and say, now we're going to boycott Unilever because you don't want to give Israel ice cream? It's kind of like a joke, isn't it? Who cares about ice cream in Israel? I mean, who really cares? I mean, I'm sure they have other types of ice cream they can buy. So, but why is this being brought up like this? Why is this making headline news all over Bright Bright or all over Drudge? Why? Here's why. It's all part of the narrative to create conflict and to create division and to create friction. Remember what Otto Kahn said. We control both sides of the narrative to move the earth and hold it by its poles until we accomplish our objective. Everything they do is to create friction to make it look as though someone's fighting against this, to make it look as though, hey, there's another side to this, because what they do is they force the one side against the other side, constantly creating conflict. That's what they said in the article that I read you a few weeks ago about what Otto Kahn said. They create these artificial conflicts. Now, now the conflict is between Unilever and Israel in Palestine, in Franklin Graham, in Governor DeSantis, it's all to keep the masses entertained. Think about this with me, friends. It's all about keeping the masses entertained. Because if they keep you entertained, you don't think about the 5G networks that are being put up in your neighborhoods. You don't think that just maybe 
just maybe when they crank these 5Gs up, people are going to be dying all over the place from the energy of being in a microwave, and they're going to blame it all on coronavirus. They're going to blame it all on the unvaccinated. You haven't been vaccinated. That's why your neighbors are dying. I don't want to get vaccinated. You know, you're killing us with 5G and all these electronic signals and birds are dropping dead all over the country where you're cranking up 5G because you're cooking them in flight and they're dying. And so now we have this massive die off of the bird population and the birds are silent. But yet you want to blame it all on us because we haven't been vaccinated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's easier to do that, isn't it? It's all the, the vaccinated, the unvaccinated, the clean and the unclean. You're unclean. You haven't been vaccinated. Get away from me. Get away from me, peasant, peasant, leper, leper. I mean, unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable the way they're doing this. And why? It's all to cover up the death rates associated with the vaccination shot and the, and the spike proteins, which are massively killing people all over the place, and the implementation of 5G, which is going to also kill people. And to cover up the death rates that I talked about the other day on glyphosate and how it stops mineral absorption of specific key nutrients in the human body, which causes people to die very, very slowly from the glyphosate and massive increases of cancer. Glyphosate has over 20 different types of cancers associated with it. I personally believe it was a eugenics bioweapon. I really do. It also kills weeds. But I also they think they knew, they knew that it was going to be a eugenics bioweapon because they're going to force it into the food supply to reduce the population of the planet. So we have all of this stuff going on all the time, and everybody's getting, excuse my language, pissy pantsed about ice cream in Israel. Now think about that for a second. I can't hit my Ben and Jerry's. I'm so mad. Wait a minute. What about all the people dying of pancreatic cancer, liver cancer, cirrhosis, liver, alcoholism, osteoporosis, and all these other diseases that are plaguing the population, and kidney failure, and kidneys? What about all those people? They can't hit my Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I'm mad. What? Why do they do? That's why they do that. That's why they do that because they want to make you think about Ben and Jerry's. I love my Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I can't believe they can't have it. Wait a minute. Who cares? Who gives a rat's rip about Ben and Jerry's ice cream, and why is it making headline news? This is why they do that, guys. They always pick little things like this, like Franklin Graham, Marshall Blackburn is absolutely right. Wars between Judeo-Christian values and Marxism. What does that do? That further galvanizes the people that are hardcore Zionists who say we have to support Israel no matter what, even though it was founded as a communist country, as a Marxist country. just thought I'd mention that. But it's Judeo-Christian values versus Marxism. No, it's not. It's King Jesus, <laughs> the great I am, versus Satan, as it has always been. It's always this war in the heavenlies about good versus evil. It's always been this. It has been from the very beginning. But let's talk about ice cream. What do you think, Austin? <laughs> well, all this talk about ice cream is making me hungry. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> entirely too much ice cream going online right now. But I saw the same article as you, and I, I laughed when I saw it. I just thought, this is so funny because that's exactly what they're doing with this topic. And then you have other things like DeSantis just did where, do you know, now the, the federal government, and Fauci and everybody, they're starting to make discussions about doing a, another federal mask mandate all across the country. And basically DeSantis said, we're starting school in the fall. 
there will be no mask mandate for kids. We will not follow these federal guidelines if they try to implement them. Our kids will breathe fresh air, which I have to commend him for that on that end. So there's this back and forth that you keep seeing. And my biggest thing is this. The main thing that I've been considerably concerned of is the lack of people standing up for their rights and for their children's rights. You know, we went to that school board meeting about the mass topic. I was very, very ecstatic to see how many moms were at that meeting. And then they were trying to lock the door and keep people out. People were coming in, people were pushing in, open the door, let more people in. You know, we were all talking. I wasn't even involved in that. I was up there talking. And more and more people kept piling in. And a lot of women talked. A lot of women got up there and were passionate, and moms. And I was proud. I was like, okay, okay, I'm not the only one here. And the one thing that did kind of concern me, and I'll just be honest with you, I said this, I've said this a couple weeks ago, I'm going to bring this up again. The one thing that kind of concerned me after the meeting was over, and I was happy we got their attention. I was happy they dropped the mask mandate, even though it was absolutely ridiculous we even had to go do that. And the topic even had to come up about muzzling five-year-olds. But the one thing that was troubling to me was Ted and I were pretty much one of the only males that were at that meeting that got up there and spoke. Almost everybody else in that meeting that got up there and spoke were all moms. And again, I commend them for that. But then I kind of sat back and I thought, where are all the dads at? Where 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 are the dads at? Why didn't why don't we have 10, 20, 30 unbelievably hacked off dads that were up here raising cane? My kids aren't in the public school system. I still went out there and did it just to prove a point that this is not okay to do to these children. And so that's kind of where we're starting to see this head now is where people kind of want somebody else to do it. And I've seen this happen a lot now last year. Where it's kind of like, oh, well, I, you know, it's not, it's not really my issue. I should do something about it, but, you know, so-and-so will do something about it. And then it goes down the line. Next person goes, oh, well, I, you know, I don't want to deal with it. I'll let someone else deal with it. And the problem is what happens if everybody decides not to show up because they think somebody else is going to do it. And that's kind of where we're starting to see things head down to where the personal responsibility – is going out the window and everybody wants to defer it onto somebody else. And simply we saw last year, our rights are just going to evaporate. I mean, look at Pollock up there in basically DC. Dad and I talked about this yesterday. One of the first individuals that has basically been sentenced since the January 6th protest. And he basically was charged with obstructing a federal election proceeding. That's what he was charged with now. Not not battery on an LEO, not vandalism, nothing of that. He walked in the Capitol building, walked in, and because he walked in the building, they said he obstructed a federal election proceeding. Got sentenced to eight months on top of time served. He's already been up in jail in D.C. five, six months now. And he, he, he's got the lawyer that basically says that he's being tortured up there five miles away from the White House. Notice how nobody's getting visitations. Nobody got pretrial release. Nobody was able to bond out, and it didn't make any sense to me. And then Dad told me yesterday, he goes, dude, you got to understand. He goes, that's the District of Columbia. They're not a state. The Constitution does not apply in the District of Columbia. The bankers were very, very careful about doing that when they built this whole construct that we have here and bringing that into fruition. It's like the Vatican. You have no rights in D.C., 
That's why they continually trample gun laws over there and gun rights, and there's not much they can do about it. So when you go into a federal building in D.C. and you allegedly break the law by obstructing a proceeding because you walk into a building uninvited, I guess, without permission, they don't have to give you bond. They don't have to basically give you pretrial release. They just hold you indefinitely until they decide what felony charge they want to tack onto it. Now you're a convicted felon. And this is where we've seen it compromised now. So if anybody hasn't gotten the memo of where this is going and how it's basically continuing to go on, it's time that everybody starts saying no. No, I'm not going to consent to this. And the whole thing comes down to the biggest thing it comes down to is personal health and personal choice and personal responsibility. Going in and saying no. We're not okay with a shot. We're not okay with masks. We're not okay with lockdowns. We are not going to comply. There are so many people in this country, a lot of which are awake still, that can completely and totally stop things that are happening when we say no. We've seen that here locally, and we've seen that in other states and places. So I encourage everybody. It's that time now to make sure you're prepped up for what's starting to happen because as I've warned you guys, and I've given this heads up to numerous people, and a lot of people have heeded this. The next phase that's going to happen is going to be control the food supply by inflation and by lack of supplies and by restriction in the chain. That's what's going to happen next because once people start not having the ability to feed their family and they're running out of food or they go to the store and everything's you know, $20, $30, $40 for a pound of ground beef, people can't afford food, they're going to be so easily controlled it's going to be a joke to be honest with you. It's going to be like shooting fish in a barrel. People will willingly give up everything they have just for food, especially if you got kids. And that's going to be the next phase. Dad and I have talked about it repeatedly, what happened in Russia. How Stalin went in and he started killing all the farmers, starved everybody out. Look what's happening in South Africa right now. They're starving everybody out. Look what's happened in Europe numerous times in numerous wars. Starve everybody out. There's a common theme here that happens repeatedly whenever a regime or a tyrannical government wants to have full control. They starve everybody out. So again, I encourage people, continue to stay prepped with what you need. Be aware and be acute. I told you guys the other day, I had friends, you know, they said, listen, we're going to stop eating out three, four times a week. We're only going to go out, you know, once or twice a month right now. We're going to put a little bit of money aside. We're basically going to buy a food bucket. We're going to buy some beans and rice. We're going to stock up some food, have some backup food, especially if you have kids, especially if you have kids. Because quite frankly, they're going to be the ones that are going to be watching a lot of this happen. And they're going to be the ones that are going to be the next generation. They're going to make or break this country. That's why it's so important we continue to keep raising little Americans, because that is one of the only things that we can completely and totally basically monitor and control right now is the way our children are brought up, which is our biblical duty and requirement, making sure they have some discipline. Discipline is something that I have found is almost a it's a lost idea now almost in society. I had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day, and I said, listen, I learned a long time ago. Everything has consequences to it. Sometimes you got to do stuff you don't want to do. Sometimes things happen and you go, okay, listen, you want to go speed down the highway, race, there's a possibility you're probably going to get pulled, probably going to go to jail, may get a ticket, possibly. Are you willing to accept the consequences? 
So you say, yeah, you know what? I can eat it. I'll deal with it if I do it. I want to race on the interstate that bad. Okay, that's your choice. You say, hey, I want to go basically stay out late. I know I got to do something tomorrow, but I got to stay out late. I'm going to be out till 1 or 2 o'clock, but I got to be up at 7. Better believe your alarm better be set at 6.30, and you're going to wake up, and you're not going to feel good, and you're going to have stuff to do, and you're going to regret staying out so late. Part of it. Same thing with food. I, you know what? I know this food's absolutely horrific for me, but I'm going to deal with the consequence of it. Now, how often do you want to eat it? You know, I'm going to eat ice cream. I want some ice cream now. I'm going to eat ice cream once a week, or once a month, or once every two weeks. But see, there has to be a line where you go, okay, these are the consequences from these actions. This is what I'm going to deal with, and this is the discipline I'm going to put into place. The same thing about saving money and building certain things and setting goals. There's certain goals you may want that are a year or two from now, and you're not going to be able to do certain things right now because you want to achieve that goal. So you have to set the discipline in and say, listen, I'm not going to do this for a year because I want to achieve this at the end of the year. Instead of enjoying this and this every single week or every single month, I'm going to cut that out so I can achieve this goal in the year. If you want things to change, you have to change yourself, period. You can sit there and say, well, I don't like it that way. I don't, I don't want it to be that way. You know, I don't like the fact that the sun goes down at 7 o'clock and then it comes back up in the morning. I don't like that. I'm, I'm sorry. You have to talk to somebody else about that. You can't, I, I can't help you there. There's certain things that are happening that are going to happen and they're going to continue to happen whether or not you like them or not. So the main thing you can do is get your house in order, get your family in order, and make the changes you need in your life and in your family's life in order to build the discipline that is going to be required of you whether you want to have it or not in the near future if you want to continue to succeed. Because I promise you, things are going to continue to happen. A lot of stuff that just continues. So that is what's so important right now, my friends. Continue to set the discipline on what you need. Focus on what's really important. Set your goals. Write them down. And learn where you need to make changes. And then execute those changes to the best of your ability, Deb. What do you think? You know, Austin, that was really well said. You know, let, let me cover some things real quick since my mom was in Germany after World War II and she immigrated in 1952, basically when my father rescued her from that place after the war. Uh, about 12 million Germans starved to death after World War II. Just thought I'd mention that in passing. And the response was, well, every dead, every dead Nazi is a good Nazi. That was pretty much the American mantra when they went over there. The American soldiers that were occupying Germany were told not to feed the little two- and three- and four-year-old children begging for bread. This could be a Nazi. you got to let him die. Yeah, that was, that, was, that, was, that was their orders. Eisenhower, his death camps, he had two to three million Germans locked up behind barbed wire, and he let them starve to death. And the German people were trying to go over to the death camps and throw loaves of bread over to keep them alive. And they were arrested in some cases, you know, incarcerated for feeding the people so they wouldn't starve to death. The United States did that. Eisenhower death camps. You can look it up and read about it. Stalin, he took over the country. He basically had a slow purge. And he kept telling everybody through his, how should I say, his Q informants that the family of the czar was still alive and the generals were still working with the family and the czar would be reinstalled and so just sit back and relax as everything will be back to normal pretty quick and we'll get rid of the communists and he's put that information out there the same as the cia put the information out about q as a psychop in the united states to get the patriots to sit back and relax and do nothing 
in addition to that, Stalin was angry when he took over finally in the late 20s and completely controlled the country. He started killing the Orthodox priests because they stood against him. He ended up killing 40,000 priests and pastors in Soviet Russia because they would not comply with his edicts and worship the state. He killed entire congregations of people where he'd put them in the churches and burn the churches around them. This was Stalin. He was our ally, by the way, in World War II a few short years later. Uh, you remember Patton said that we had fought the wrong enemy in World War II and we should have fought the Bolsheviks and the communists and that we needed to rearm the German troops. And while they were still in Europe, go ahead and knock Russia out and be done with the communist menace once and for all. And that he was going to resign his commission with the United States military because he was a wealthy man. He did not need a pension so that he could go out and say whatever he wanted to say, wouldn't be sworn to silence as a four-star general. And of course, they quickly killed him, in my opinion. And Patton was very, very clear about the communists and who they were. Read the Patton letters if you want to get an earful. The Patton letters, they're online. You can still read them before they get permanently censored and taken offline. But he absolutely hated the Bolsheviks. He really did. And when he said to rearm the German troops and go after the Russians, the United States media, who was already Rothschild-owned, went nuts because the Rothschilds were the ones that funded the communist revolution. And then when Stalin finally got a hold of Russia, he started telling the Russian farmers when he controlled the government that they needed to be giving you like 90 percent of whatever they earned back to the state as good communists. They refused to do it. So he went and killed all the, killed all the farmers. Just killed them. Just took them outside and just machine gunned them. That was, that was the law of communism. Yep, that's the old Rothschild boys. And then what ended up happening is the farmers didn't have anybody to replace them because they were all dead. And Russia starved. 60 million to 100 million people died. Think Hitler was a bad guy. You have no idea what bad means until you talk about Stalin. Uh, he, if he couldn't kill these 12 to 15 to 20,000 people a day, he was angry. The guy was a nightmare. Another Kabbalist, another 33-degree Mason, another Luciferian, more blood rituals to Lucifer. Yeah. So those are your, real, those are your little, little trivia facts there about what happened during and after World War II. Guys, it's not what you've been told in the schools. Read the book, The Bad War. It's free. It won't cost you anything. It's a free PDF. PDF. It was banned on Amazon. You can't, now, you can't find it on Google. You're going to have to use DuckDuckGoGo. We've tried to look it up on Google before. Nothing popped up. But if you use DuckDuckGoGo, you can find a free copy of the book, The Bad War. And it talks about really what happened with Germany, what happened with Stalin, what happened with all of it. This was a war basically for Germany against Russia, fascism versus communism, what it was. And basically it was government control and working with industry versus government control of industry. And so it was a real mess and it was a major, major problem globally because when Hitler threw the banking cartels out in 38 and started printing debt-free money, the entire planet turned against him. That's what happened. You can just read the book yourself and see this is what we have to understand was when you start going against these Rothschild banking empires, when they control the SWIFT accounts, when they control the transfer of currency globally, when they control the issuance of money and of debt, they control everything because without the money and without an instrument to buy and sell, you basically are going to starve to death like Austin said a minute ago. This is what the Mark of the Beast is going to be about. It says you cannot buy or sell unless you receive the mark, and you're going to have to take the mark willingly. Now they're saying the gloves are off and the carrot and the stick, and now they're coming out with CNN and saying the carrot's not working any longer for people getting vaccinated. We have to give them the stick. 
what the heck does the stick mean? Oh, that's right. Door to door groups of people coming to your house, trying to coerce you into taking a kill shot and then coming back later. If you tell them, no, you know, a little bit more force. What does that mean? I don't know. Whatever they wanted to mean, I guess they write the history books. They can say whatever they want to say. Population of the United States was decimated for the patriots refused to take the vaccination shots. And the whole population was wiped out by coronavirus. It went from 350 million down to 100 million in five years because the people refused to be vaccinated. You go, wait a minute. That's not even true. <laughs> Does that matter? Does it matter whether it's true or not? They, what, what did Goebbels teach them? If you tell the lie big enough and you repeat it loud enough and often enough, everybody believes it. And once they believe the lie, here we go, get ready. Once they believe the lie, it's almost impossible to extinguish it and to make them believe the truth. That's all part of classical conditioning and operant conditioning and basically, how should I say, you know, intermittent conditioning. You know, if you, if you give a dog a bone every time you ring a bell – and then pretty soon you start giving them a bone every third time you ring the bell, then every fifth time you ring the bell, and every tenth time you ring the bell. Every time you ring the bell from that point forward, whether you give him a bone or not, because he's been intermittently conditioned, he's going to salivate. That's the way human beings are. When you intermittently condition somebody or intermittently condition an animal, it's almost impossible to extinguish the response. They taught us that in basic psychology. And this is the thing that we have to understand. We've been conditioned by the media. It's the Judeo-Christian values. Billy Graham said so. Franklin Graham said so. Okay, well, I believe that now. Well, I don't, but most people do because they don't do the research because they've been programmed by the Frankfurt School. It's so funny to me, and it's not funny, haha, but funny is an irony that the population of the planet was so easily controlled. I mean, it really is. I mean, you think about it for a second. But this is something that we also have to think about too, isn't it? Isn't that what happened to Israel? Ancient Israel? Weren't they easily controlled by the people they went into and the lands they went into as far as worshiping of Baal and Moloch and Asherah? Didn't that little bit of leaven work its way through the entire loaf until the entire country was offering their own children and human sacrifice? We'd call that abortion today. <laughs> Isn't that what happened to ancient Israel? I, I, yeah, I believe so. In fact, I know so because the Bible says that. They were basically sedu seduced by the lands that they had gone into with all the Kabbalah and satanic worship that was going on. And that's what we have to understand. By the way, Senator Ron Johnson is saying that 84% of the new COVID victims in Israel have been vaccinated. Wait a minute. Somebody's telling the truth. Senator Ron Johnson criticized what he described as a cabal between social media, mainstream media, and our federal health agencies and big government that is covering the truth about COVID-19. Everything from the effectiveness of early treatments to gain-of-function research. He disclosed that based on information from Israel on Wednesday morning, new cases of COVID in Israel are about 84% of the vaccinated individuals. Well, then how can Ron DeSantis be saying that they, the vaccinated individuals, the vaccine is, is saving the people? Hmm. Another article. Minnesota woman loses both legs and both hands following the second Pfizer COVID shot. Nachi and her husband migrated from Nigeria to Minnesota a few years ago and served as missionaries with the Southern Baptists to cultivate churches among African communities in Minneapolis. She was working as a medical assistant in Minneapolis and was instructed to get COVID vaccines, forced to. 
She complied, and immediately after receiving her second injection of the Pfizer vaccine on February the 1st, she began to experience pain. She went into urgent care and was diagnosed with COVID-19. By February the 14th, she was taken to the hospital and put on a ventilator. Jumani was suffering from arterial blood clots. Imagine that. Spike proteins are wicked little things, aren't they? Respiratory distress, cardiomyopathy, anemia, and damage to fingers over both hands and toes and feet, ischemia, and multiple inflammatory syndrome. Due to blood clots, she had to have both legs below the knee amputated and also will lose both of, most of her two hands. Sounds like something I really want to get involved with taking that. Makes a whole lot of sense, doesn't it? Here's another one. The U.S. infrastructure bills will usher in Paris climate agreement with the Great Reset. On Wednesday, July the 21st, the Senate will take up an initial vote on the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. More wasted money, by the way. It's not going to go to infrastructure, by the way. It's going to all go to the space ops program and the secret off-site budgets. The Senate will soon vote on a $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill under the Senate's reconciliation procedure bypassing the filibuster. The climate change bills are disguised as infrastructure bills that would codify the Paris Climate Agreement and the Great Reset. Some of this is again from the Rothschild banking cartel. Some of these items in the $3.5 trillion Senate bill include mass amnesty of 10 million, 10 million, 10, 10 million illegal aliens, a 50% reduction in carbon emissions, along with 80% clean energy by 2030. That means the cars are going to have to go away, my friends. No more petrochemical cars, and a major expansion of Medicare and universal pre-K. Remember, Donald Trump couldn't get rid of the Obamacare. The plan is consistent with the UN's goals of mass mass urbanization and driving individuals out of rural or low-density areas. Here locally, we're having high-density housing put up across the street from us. We're fighting it right now. This is the goal. This is all part of the United Nations. Biden's plan would spend $213 billion on more than 2 million affordable and sustainable places to live. Two million affordable, sustainable places to live. It also seeks to abolish local zoning rules. We're talking about Section 8 housing here everywhere. And introduce multifamily apartment housing, multiple Section 8, into single-family home neighborhoods, destroying suburbs. Mass transit is also a major part of the bill in the restructure of America, happening right now with the infrastructure bills. All pushed through the banking cartels because they want to make sure you are a peasant. By the way, the French police have joined protest against forced vaccines you got to like some of these French police. Video footage shows that police officers joined the country's growing anti-COVID tyranny protests following President Emmanuel Macron's vaccine passport decree that includes jail time. You're going to go to prison for not getting a vaccine. Unable to be, if you can't prove your vaccine status, you're going to jail. And for business owners who refuse to enforce the edict, let people come in and eat and do business with them who have not been vaccinated will go to jail. Police and protesters claimed liberty, liberty, as they call for freedom. Although the protests initially saw citizens violently clash with police, sediment over the weekend appeared to shift, despite the fact that the police were declared exempt from forced inoculation, presumably as a way to keep them on Macron's side. Remember Macron? He was going to rule France as a Greek god installed by the Rothschild banking cartel. (laughs) Another article is the Delta variant a hoax or is it a cover for COVID vaccine related deaths? Just covered that a minute ago, didn't we? Medical authorities and media are hyping the new Delta variant of COVID-19, and the World Health Organization is urging people to return to wearing masks and social distancing, even if they're fully vaccinated. In Israel, about half the people who were diagnosed with the Delta variant were fully vaccinated. Now up to 85% are fully vaccinated. Recent British studies show that 59% of the people who were diagnosed with the Delta variant have been vaccinated. Guys, the vaccines don't stop anything. The Delta variant is from the spike proteins. 
the Delta Delta variant is probably going to be from 5G. The Delta variant is going to be the, like I said yesterday, the theta and the epsilon variant pretty quick. I mean, unbelievable what's going on globally in the United States, globally and in the United States. Every time you turn around, we've got another one of these things happening to us everywhere. Now, you know, some people are saying the Antichrist is about to come in. And I just read an article this morning and I said we're about to have the book of Revelation open up and joyously we're going to be raptured. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry to laugh. Okay. Again, they're pushing the Antichrist. They're pushing the third temple. They're pushing. The sad part about it is they don't even realize that they're doing this because they've been so programmed by the Schofield Bible. Now, yesterday, one of our listeners contacted Sharon on ST Brower. And by the way, guys, Sharon can't answer all your questions. I've, I've just got to tell you that. You know, she's getting so many. She's being deluged every day with questions. She's literally spending the entire day answering questions. And finally, she said, Ted, can you please tell the listeners that we love them? I'll do the best I can, but don't get upset if we don't answer all the questions. And guys, we can't give you medical advice. We can't do that. We're not, we can't get ourselves into that quandary, okay? But, but we had a lady ask us yesterday, and this is an interesting question. She said, what is this Schofield reference Bible that you talk about all the time on the show? And I thought to myself, that's a really good question because I've covered that in depth before, but I don't really cover it every show, but I talk about it pretty much every show. So let's go ahead and give you a little primer on that. Back around 1850, back about 1820, let's start back. The Masonic lodges decided they wanted to reestablish Israel and set up a third temple to bring in the Antichrist. Okay. Remember what Albert Pike said, morals and dogma. But they wanted to reinstate the seething energies of Lucifer on the planet. About 30 years later, he had written that. Well, they underwrote and pushed this writing from a guy by the name of Darby, who was talking about the pre-tribulation rapture, which had never been taught before around 1850. Well, he was pretty much discounted as a quack because no one ever talked about any of this stuff for the first 1850 years of Christianity. Well, Darby kind of went to the wayside, but then a guy by the name of Schofield, who was basically a criminal, decided to pick up Darby's writings and plagiarized him. And Schofield put together a Bible with reference notes talking about what Darby had said, basically plagiarizing it and saying it was his research that had come up with this. And that was reintroduction of Israel as a state and that we could not have the third temple rebuilt and we could not have, how should I say, the Antichrist come out and we could not be raptured until Israel was formed as a nation. Well, Samuel Untermeyer in 1910, who was a hardcore Zionist who wanted the reformation of Israel, he's the same guy who blackmailed Woodrow Wilson and pushed the Federal Reserve Act and got brandished on the Supreme Court and got us into World War I, and the same one who declared war on Germany in 1933. This is the same guy, this Samuel Untermeyer. He took this clown Schofield who had written this book, this Bible that was all nonsense, Right. It's all just twisted prophecy and turned right around and took him to the Oxford Press in England and had them print the book and send this Bible commentary promoting Israel as pinnacle as far as the end times and forcing of the Antichrist and the forcing of the tribulation to happen. Pushed into Christian seminaries all over the world for free after he printed the book from the Oxford Press. And it has become the go-to book for almost every single major Christian organization at this point in the United States, almost every major Christian seminary and Bible school, which is basically pushing Zionism. It's this book that says if you, don't, if you say anything about Israel, 
you will be cursed. They can do whatever they want to do. It doesn't make one bit of difference. If you criticize them, you're going to be cursed. If you try not to do business with them, you're going to be cursed. Everything that they want to say in the Schofield Reference Bible, basically they say, and people believe it because they think it's gospel, and it's not. It's a commentary. That's the Schofield Reference Bible. And because it has been implemented and accepted in Christian circles all over the world, Nobody says anything about what Israel does being the number one homosexual destination of the world or anything else. We can't criticize it or say anything because of this Schofield Reference Bible saying you're going to be cursed. I spoke to a girl here a few years ago who wrote for News with Views. Don't know if she still does or not. And she told me she's a hardcore Zionist, and she says she doesn't care if Israel starts World War III and they kill 7 billion people on the planet. She supports them. That's what she said. Those are those are her words, not mine. That's how strong of a Zionist she was, and maybe probably is. I don't know. But here's the problem we have. When that type of theology is promoted in churches, it undermines traditional Christianity and the values of what the Bible teaches, like, you know, love one another, be kind to one another, you know, be honest, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not, you know— Bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and all the precepts of the Bible from the Torah are put on the back burner to accept whatever another country does, regardless of what they do. That's the problem we have right now, and that's why I bring it up all of the time about the Schofield Reference Bible. But Christy had asked that question yesterday, so I wanted to cover that again. Guys, I love you. Austin's going to be on Hagman tonight. I really, really, really appreciate you guys. Had another really good week of shows. Thank you so much for praying for me and for my family and for Austin and his family every single day. I prayed for you guys this morning. And always remember, Jesus is still on the throne. He ain't wearing a wristwatch. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's omnipresent. None of this is taking him by surprise. And if God be for you, who can be against you? For this is the day the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and we'll be glad in it. We will commit our plans unto the Lord, and they will succeed. And we will do everything in our power, in our prayer life, and everything that we possibly can to stand firm in the word of God. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. Thank you guys again for the continued support. And I wanted to bring something up just so people can understand what we're seeing here now is with the propaganda that's completely and totally uh, opposite of what we've seen in the past. Because I've heard people bring up different arguments with me about, well, you know, it's it's worth the risk with this injection because of how deadly COVID is. If you are a healthy individual that takes care of yourself, COVID is very rarely deadly ever. So when the CDC came out and they said basically 94% of Everybody who had died was either overweight or obese. It should have gotten everybody's attention, but it didn't. But if you guys remember back in the 70s with the swine flu vaccine that was pushed through very quickly, ended up having about 25% of the population ended up getting shot up with it before they finally pulled it. And I think 48 or 49 or 50 people had died from the injection over a period of a couple months, and like 500 people went on later to suffer from Guillain-Barre syndrome. And that was enough to completely and totally halt the program and say, dude, this is not safe. This is not okay. Because everybody started getting really, really irritated. They said, this, is, this isn't okay, man. This is not a safe injection. Not to mention majority of people who've caught in the swine flu survive it. So this is not a risk that we're willing to take. 
well, obviously, I've already given you guys the numbers from VAERS. We're way, way, way past those numbers. Over 12,000 people have now died from this injection. So use your head. Do the math. Don't live in fear because the fear and the propaganda is what they use as control every single day. Learn what's really happening. Thank you again for the support. If you guys need anything, be sure to check out the product of the week on the website at healthmasters.com, the potassium iodine on sale right now and also vote for what you guys want to see when next week we got the ultra omega-3 the vitamin e the cla bunch of great products up there to vote so be sure to check that out as well along with the ultimate multiple capsules on sale for 15 percent off so i'm gonna be getting on the hagman show later on the night you guys enjoy that got some more articles i'm gonna be pulling up some more stuff me and him are going to be discussing in detail and so again i just encourage everybody it's up to us. It's where we change. We make the difference, and we get together, and we stand up and fight and say no. Remember, consent is one of the most important things that you have and the ability to tell people what you want or do not want to allow. Thank you again. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Stay prepped. Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself, and I'll talk to you again on this show Monday as always. <laughs>